messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of After These Messages. Apparently, that's how I talk now. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials, TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Click me. Come on, click me. Nice office, by the way. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. We are... Your hosts already off to a goofy start. <laughs> Are we both punchy today? We might be I a little bit. I had three beers at a like post work event. Oh so man! So this you're is number slammed. four. Jeez, Louise! I was um, I was dragging ass today. Had a big late lunch of pho, which really will put you to sleep. So right before we started recording, I slammed half an iced coffee. So I'm going to be probably both kind of sluggish and cranky and anxious at the same time. So welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. Today we talk about good nutrition. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Never, ever, ever let us have children. Today we are also talking about pre-rolls, like pre-roll advertisements. Of course, we talk about TV commercials on this show week in and week out. And every now and then you get the email from somebody who says, you know, I don't watch, you know, broadcast TV or cable TV. I don't even own a television. I don't even own a television. When we first started, this is true, we got a ton of emails and stuff from people saying, like, I hate commercials and I would never watch them. And I would, we'd always think, like... Well, why did you write into our yeah, show? Then? Exactly. Like they have a list of every podcast about every topic <laughs> they're not interested in. And then they say, you know what? I would never listen to your thing. I don't even own a TV. I don't watch television. I don't even own a television. Notice I didn't say TV. TV is a nickname, and nicknames are for friends. And television is no, no friend, friend of mine. <laughs> anyway, for those of you who are living the un the hashtag unplugged lifestyle, though you don't have a uh, you don't have a cable subscription, whatever, you're getting all of your entertainment. I think they through. say they call themselves cord cutters. Cord right? cutters. Hashtag cord cutters. Hashtag MTV unplugged. Hashtag. 10,000 maniacs. I told you I'm tired and I slugged a big thing of coffee. If you're the type of person who's watching Hulu, your YouTubes, the what have you, the commercials that run before those things are a little bit different sometimes, often, than the commercials that we see on cable TV. So today, this episode is dedicated to you. Also, we will be taking a quiz. I will be taking a quiz. What do you need? Why are you whispering? Can you turn my headphones up? Turn the bass up in the headphones? I don't have anything sound in my headphones. Thank you. that better? Um, We have a quiz that you uh, made for me, Genevieve. You sent me a description via email. (laughs) I read the description that you put into the rundown. I still have no idea. It's It's like word salad. It's a bunch of words that make no sense to me at all. It's a quiz for you to recognize famous Cheetos. To recognize famous Cheetos. Yeah. Now do you understand? (laughs) What's so complicated about that? Needless to say, I'm looking forward to that segment. (laughs) And as always, we'll check in with you guys, the Ad Council, to see see what you've been writing in and calling in about. All right, though. Let's start with the pre-rolls in a segment I like to call Slow Your Pre-Roll. Alright, that music is Well, it's K-pop It's Korean rap of some sort I think this song is called Young Freestyle Is that how you pronounce that? E-U-N-G Freestyle? I would guess so, yeah 
It's by it's kind uh, of a jam. It's really great. It's by a uh, live sick K by a bunch of other people that I haven't heard of um, as somebody who doesn't follow Punch um, Nello. Oh, and overdose and flow sick. <laughs> flow sick. Good. Good uh, on you for not letting me just pass over. Well, I mean, overdose, flow, flow, flow sick didn't, flow sick didn't go to hip hop university <laughs> for us to just ignore his contributions yeah. to young freestyle. <laughs> is Kanye still teaching a class there or no? Is he more of a uh Well, you know, he has a he has a visiting professorship. <laughs> right. Um uh so anyway, I, I feel like we're getting off to a really goofy start. If you have watched uh much YouTube in the past couple of weeks, that song Or if you've used any any applications on your phone that are supported by ads. Oh, like you mentioned your Scrabble game. Like my Scrabble game. <laughs> your Scrabble game. If you've used my Scrabble game. <laughs> First of all, stop using Genevieve's Scrabble game. <laughs> um, you, will, you will probably have seen these commercials for the YouTube music. It's the new music streaming service. Relatively new. It started uh, last uh, fall, November, I think. Uh, but they have these five new ads that I find to be really gripping. Quick aside, Genevieve, in the prep for the show, the commercials that um, we watched here in prep are long versions of them. Yeah. The original ones I saw were short, almost like 20 seconds Yeah, tw- of them. 15 or 20 I found seconds. the 50... We've said this in other campaigns, I found the 15 to 20 second versions much more effective, even though these longer version, which versions about a minute apiece, are actually telling a story. The other ones just kind of give you a sense, an idea of something. I think that's true. They were definitely enough to grab my attention. Um, These are are a set of ads, uh, pre-roll ads, that grab both of our attentions independently, so much so that uh, when I think I think I mentioned one to you, and you right away said, "Oh yeah, I've been meaning to say we should talk about these." Um, they they are an incredibly uh, sort of I would say groundbreaking in some ways in the content that they that they deal with. Uh, the one you were just playing is called Jason's Theme. Yeah, play the song again underneath it. Sure, um, and it's of a little the the visuals. Uh, none of them have any any audio that would tell the story, so we'll have to kind of yeah, they're all music them. based. Yeah, uh, but I highly recommend that you go check them out on our Facebook page. Uh, there's a little boy. He's probably, I don't know, nine or ten years old. Uh, he, he's Korean. He's sitting on a subway, and he's he's listening to his his music on his phone, and he's kind of dancing, and he's like... As he to- gets off the train, he starts doing this great little hip-hop dance while he's walking with yeah, his hands. Yeah, but he's also sort of, like, nerdy-looking, and then the music stops He gets as he gets off the train, and he's about to walk up some stairs, and he sees some kind of tough, older teenagers kind of... Kind of guarding the stairs, kind of almost. blocking, kind the, of bottom blocking of the, stairs, the stairs, just hanging out, just looking a little tough. And he, you can see he's he's taken aback. He's a little shy. And then the the beat drops again. He starts his he, and you see him. You see the resolve on his face harden. And he walks through this gauntlet of teenagers, and they give him like a little fist bump. Yeah, they give him a little dap. Yeah, uh, yeah. Excuse me, <laughs> a little dap. And uh, he uh, and it's just and you. It's such a great little visual story about how music makes us feel. And their tagline is. Um, it's, it's not what you listen to. It's what is it? It's not what you listen to. It's who we, it's not what we, just what we listen to. It's who we are. Right. Um, and that's the, and that's a good theme throughout. And I, I think certain ads in this campaign really nail that tagline better than others. The shorter version of this one with the kid getting, you know, you see him listening on the train, then him getting off the train is just over in 15 seconds. That one didn't have the whole narrative arc of him then see, like him kind of feeling tough in his head while he's listening to this, and then seeing some real kids who could be potentially tough. Um, and then, like, it just cuts out all that that whole stare scene. So it's really almost more of a... Um, 
it just gives it just gave me a mood yeah. the first time I saw it. Just like you can associate with this little kid who I have nothing in common with this little kid, right? This this kid who lives in probably New York City or something, looks like the New York subway or something like that. Asian kid, cool you're right, he's kind of cool he's nerdy a little bit, but he kind of is I don't know, he looks cool nerdy to me. Uh but anyway, you see this little kid doing this thing and you're just like, I don't know, it just stirred up a feeling in me. We are all Jason. Yeah, that's what I am saying. It makes you feel incredibly affectionate toward him. Absolutely, right. And that's just one of five, right? Yeah, and that's probably the one that has that's the that would be the least, well, that would be among the more um I guess least controversial in terms of who they're profiling. There mm-hmm. are a few in here. I would say there are three in here that uh, really are sort of provoking or thought-provoking. Yeah, and the next one, so when I first saw this campaign before today, I've only seen two. Jason's theme. It is, is it Jason's theme? I think so. Yeah. Um, and then this one, which is Offsa's theme, which is a little bit harder to describe. This Do you is wanna... the one that caught my attention, that first brought the whole yes. campaign to my attention. And this one, same deal, 15 seconds, I found it to be so much punchier, although the narrative doesn't really change. This is just an extended version of what happens. I'll try to set it up. We see, um, I thought I thought this was like a night class in college, but upon further reading, are these just high school students? It's hard to tell what age this young woman is. Uh, there's a young woman. Uh, she's dressed in a full burqa. Uh, just her face is showing, and she's wearing like the black. Uh, I'm going to get all of the terminology wrong, but she's you know veiled hijab. Uh, I, I guess it's a hijab, uh, but her I think her face is showing, not just her eyes. Um, she's she's clearly in a class. It appears to either be a, a college class or an, an I think it's a an either night school or co- or like community college class. Um, that lets out, she says, she, she exchanges a few words with a classmate, and then she puts in her headphones, mm-hmm. and, like, the music just... And she exchanges words with, I mean, yes, we'll hear it here, and I don't know what it would be, Arabic, Farsi, like, some other language. Yeah. Um, and then, as soon as but she... she's ex- clearly in a Western classroom. A she, Western classroom, right, exactly. Classroom. Um, as is her friend. And then she and then she probably says goodbye to her friend or whatever, and there's no subtitles, we don't know exactly what they exchange. And then she puts in her headphones, and then she starts um, rapping to uh, Alphabet Aerobics by Black Alicious, which is just like... Like, well, it's alphabet aerobics. It's yeah. a very hard song to rap along with. And, of course, this is for a uh, video service. You know, this is for the YouTube music service, which also has a video component to it. And while she's rapping along in English, she's looking at her phone, and you see little bits of the video. And the video has the lyrics all over, like kind of, what do you always say, movable text, oh, animated? Kinetic, uh, kinetic topography. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so part of me is also wondering if we're supposed to think that, okay, maybe English is a second language. Maybe she's totally bilingual, but I'm wondering if also did she, did an unsaid kind of narrative. English? Yeah, so well, I work in public radio, and so many times you will meet cab drivers who say either they're I learned English from listening to public radio or my parents learned English from listening to public radio or it helped them. And I'm almost wondering if they're kind of getting that across yeah, here, too. Yeah, I think that's totally plausible and, and also a great a great little uh, implication. So let's just take a listen to this. Um, if you've seen it before, it'll be probably evocative. If not, you're mostly just going to hear Black Alicious, but it's worth it. Live Group 6, can you guys uh, stick around for a second? Mm-hmm. Oh, Shaq. 
Oh, She's just walking down the hallway rapping as the song gets faster and faster. It's a, it's such a great juxtaposition, um, and it's so striking. We see you realize when you look at a commercial like that how infrequently we see Muslims uh, in in our media, uh, you know, or at least how infrequently we see Muslim women, particularly in our mm-hmm. media, uh, like fully, you know, in va- fully veiled. Yeah. Um, and I think it's such a great moment in American history for any advertiser and and for any company to include be inclusive of uh of uh observant muslims in their marketing yeah absolutely and i I think especially for those of us who do not live in uh, you know areas where a lot of muslim people live i mean i don't think seattle has that great of a pop or at least not at least not integrated into my world which maybe says more about me well it's not a huge population but i work on a university campus and i see i often see uh veiled women you know not Mm -hmm. not during during the school year during the summer there's hardly anybody but during the school year i routinely see women wearing hijabs yeah it's uh you know uh so it does feel like a little bit more more cosmopolitan there but i agree i mean and there are probably cities in america probably in michigan and other parts of the country where there's much larger that's what Muslim I was thinking of. Like, if you live in Dearborn, maybe it's less of a thing. But I do think that for people like me who don't, and I think just general kind of media portrayals, if you see somebody wearing a hijab, you just assume that she's just quiet. Yeah, exactly. Like basically, full stop. I mean, Trump was, you know, obviously trying to make a deal out of that. Right, you know, but it's a stereotype DNC. that we probably all carry around a little bit. Um, and I think it's such a wonderful juxtaposition for this ad to show that. Um, and, and to like have a, have a kind of contrast between, uh, what we as Westerners expect Muslim women to be like, and what right. this young woman is being Exactly. Like. Just cause you wear the hijab, the hijab does not mean that you have a muted personality right. or that you're just, you're, that you're so traditional that you, you have nothing to say and, and literally no voice. And I think that's what this commercial does. Uh, I, I love that one. That's just that one. I mean, the kid is fine. I don't think I would have noticed Jason's theme so much or it wouldn't have stood out to me right. if it wasn't for Offsa's theme, which I just think is so goddamn the striking. Same, it's the same thing for me. Like, that's the one that caused me to take a closer look at the whole campaign. Now, do you want to talk about Alex's? Yeah, I love this one. And this, uh, this is probably in the same category of um, a, a category of people that are not frequently depicted in media. And uh, although more and more, I think we, you know, we can find more and more advertisers that are depicting trans people in a uh, empathetic way. But I particularly like this one because it's it's not in a it's not part of a sort of city lifestyle. It's actually in this sort of sort of heartland, somewhat depressed looking town. Yeah. So do you want to kind of explain the story as it's happening here? Yeah. So you see Alex, I suppose, a, a, a guy who is talking to a. Um, I guess he's cleaning up tables or whatever. Actually, if I, I've only watched in. this one once, okay. um, so why don't you do this? Sure. One? So Alex is a uh, starts the starts the commercial as a young man, uh, you know, working at a 
kind of crappy looking drive in somewhere in a flat part of the country. It looks pretty economically depressed. Um, he comes home, says hey to his dad. His dad says hi, Alex. And then he goes into his room and starts playing his music. And what song is it that it's playing? Oh, uh, it's some um, like twerky song, Elephant and Big Frida. I don't know the name of the song. I- I'll just play it though. Sure. Um, and and, and as the music is playing, he transforms into she, and you see her put on like her makeup and a wig and like very sexy clothes and like really become and like really become herself. Um, and it's just it's a really sweet moment, but it's also a, a moment when we're having like a lot of really ugly conversations about trans people. I mean, some great ones too, but like. There's a lot of ugliness happening around trans people and yeah. big part of this country. Yeah, there's a couple of little things in this one that I like, um, which is when he comes home and his dad is on the um, couch downstairs, the dad says, hi, Alex, and kind of gives him a bit of a high five. And then Alex goes up to his room, her room, you know, transforms into the Alex in the mirror, the Alex who's like super sexy, wearing like a see-through shirt with with a bra and everything. And you wonder a couple of things. You wonder, um, does his dad know? Does her dad know? You know, like, and the dad is just cool with it. Is that she's planning to leave the house that way? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Like going out for the night. Yeah, she's clearly like getting ready to go, like trying on different outfits has a purse is getting ready to leave the house i think the implication is clear that even in this one horse town uh which it seems pretty rural mm-hmm. uh she's living her her life and there's also the scene I, I don't think you mentioned it when um when uh driving home from work alex like sees a, a truck full of uh, i guess a truck with two guys in it probably like his age or whatever and they, they're kind of mean mugging him i yeah. think or something he looks very intimidated no, there's so much going like, on in this ad yeah. there's so many um little threads and it, it's clearly like a little moment in this person's larger story mm-hmm. or you can imagine it to be this a moment in this person's larger and very interesting story these are like moments out of these people's lives you could you know i would watch a movie about any one of these characters I'll just kind of uh, race through the other two or just kind of explain them really quickly. There's also Tina's theme. Oh, this, this one This is I a love. woman who's on parole, like just getting done with her community service for the day or something like that. And it's she a white on, woman. I'll play the music while you describe it. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning uh, this sort of some of the particulars of this one. Uh, she's finishing up some sort of uh, some sort of sentence, uh, either to do community service or or in uh, prison. She's clearly confined. Uh, they have her sign out. Um, I guess it's just community service. She's, yeah, she's everything not, I read was she's just... Not actually, yeah. She's not in prison. She's not You've actually in bars. prison. But she has to do community service for some, some, you know, something she's been punished for. She puts on this song that you're hearing. By DJ Firewalshy. By DJ Firewalshy. Um, she comes out. She takes off her orange vest that she's had to wear. And then, then she sees her her child and her man waiting for her. And she's so happy to see them. Um, and her her boyfriend is, uh, I think, black or maybe Latino. Her daughter is biracial. And it's just this very. There's like a lot happening here, right? Like these. This is. These are commercials that are happening in like, you know, real America, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Like they're they're take they're not in the cities. It's not some glamorous life. I love the sort of um, welcoming in or or telling stories of people who aren't. 
you know, you, you look at, you know, you look at a commercial for like a Samsung phone or an iPhone or like really any kind of like hipster product. And it's always in some glamorous, what, you know, co- coastal city. Yeah, right. And I like that so much of this is happening. Granted, one of them was in, I think, probably a New York subway. But I like that so much of this is happening outside of that really tired mm-hmm. setting. Yeah, if you think of those like kind of classic iPhone commercials or uh, I guess the commercials were often kind of maybe they didn't show the actual people. I'm thinking probably more of the commercials that made fun of iPhone buyers. But the idea of going for this really like city, I almost said city slicker, city hipster, yeah. you know, young, pretty white kind of. I bet if you actually, did, I would love to see some sort of breakdown, some sort of actual study on the percentage of ads in general that are set, any and ads that are set in any location versus like a white no space, like an iPhone commercial. If an ad is set anywhere, I'll bet you some enormous percentage of them are set in a uh de facto coastal city, Los Angeles or New York. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. The last one, which you're not too huge on, I just watched today for the first time, is very, very simple. It is just a young woman, let's put her at 22. Sure. 22, young white woman, uh, just sitting on an airplane, listening to this Bonnever. how do you say it? Bonnevere. I've always said Bonnie Vare, but I don't know. Bonnie Vare right. song, um, and the other guy, Jake something, Jake Blake, James Blake, um, and she's just crying, just crying her heart out. And the music should kick in here in a minute. And this commercial is a minute fifteen. And it just keeps showing shots of her crying, like really crying, probably not audibly, but she's really upset on this airplane, just crying her eyes out. And people are sleeping all around her. It looks like an international flight. And me. you keep waiting for there to be a payoff in this or something. And I was watching this thinking, don't be a payoff. Don't be a payoff because there's been many times. One time I remember very specifically in the Akron Canton airport where I've seen people crying on airplanes or in airports. And it is something that happens. And I never know what it is. And my imagination is like I saw I'm going to say she was like an 18 year old girl. This is probably about like five years ago or something waiting for her waiting for her plane at the same gate as me in this tiny little airport in Akron or Canton, (laughs) and uh, she was crying just like this girl is crying, like visibly, somewhat audibly, not causing a scene, but just upset. And I'll bet you a lot of us have seen that before if we haven't been that actual person. And we always just fill in the story, right? I mean, I, I always go to a breakup first. Like, is this a breakup thing? Maybe it's not a breakup thing. Maybe it's just it's, a separation. you just can't be together Look, anymore. I, cry, I cried a lot in airports. And it's usually because I'm having to... That's that's the scene of the separation. Right, exactly. Um, and, and sometimes it's like, I'm going to miss this person. But sometimes I think, it, you know, again... I don't know. This could also be the end of a relationship, not just the end of of that part of a relationship. So I'm really glad that this commercial did not come back at the end. I kept on waiting for them to to be cheesy and maybe like have one of her fellow passengers look over at her and give her a meaningful look or somebody give her a blanket or something. And they don't do any of that. They just let it for a minute and a half almost. In fact, they even have a flight attendant say, no one give her a blanket. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Uh, No one. Hey, hey. 
Um, and so I like that it doesn't have a payoff like that, but there is, if you watch very carefully at the very end, I mean, they're flying. It's, it seems like you can't tell if it's dawn or not because things are so weird with lighting once you get above the clouds. But at the very end, when they could have done something more meaningful, you just get this glare of sunshine that comes in that just gives you a hint of hope for lack of a better word. And I just think that that, I don't know. I just think it's good. And I think it's very relatable. Yeah, you know, I'm you. You're kind of turning me around on this one. This was the one I left off of our show sheet uh, because I thought then eh. I added it, and you added I? it back in. I thought, well, it's sort of boring. There's no like punchline to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess you're right. Like it's it's nice. Sometimes you don't need the punchline. It's just a very subtle tonal thing. Um, and I, I think you make a good point that it's an experience that most of us can relate to in some way. Um, and it's beautifully shot, uh, like all of these are. I think they're all really well they're produced. They're so well shot. Um, they were they were directed by a guy named Lance Accord. Yes. Did you see all the homework I've done here? Have you looked at my notes yet? No, I just... Look I, at this. I just cut and pasted a par- paragraph from Adweek. No, no, no. Look at this. I went down a Lance <laughs> Accord. Like, I honestly wanted to say... I almost emailed you and said, forget about pre-rolls. Let's just do all Lance Accord Oh, really? Stuff. So all of these were directed by Lance Accord. <gasps> the He's little the Darth guy. Vader He did the ad. little Darth Vader Volkswagen we Passat ad. One. He did the Super Bowl Babies Chorus, which I'm not a huge fan of, but, but like, it was admit, pretty he got huge. A lot of play, yeah. He did all of those Cole's Oscar acceptance speech lip syncing, where oh you just God, have like the da- all of these. yes. Uh, for those who didn't hear that episode, um, there were these great, yeah, they, they were for the Oscars, right? For those who didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to our Oscars episode. I don't think it was actually on the Oscars episode, though, wasn't it? Leading up to the Oscars, I think we covered it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was the Oscars episode. But um, they took famous speeches, Oscar acceptance speeches, and then had people in everyday life start um, lip syncing them, like a a mother having tea with her little daughter and her dolls. She's like so excited to be honored. And I can't remember. A, A little boy gets permission from his parents to have his friend stay over. And he gives oh, that's uh, right. like McConaughey's speech, or right? Something. Right about how thankful he is and stuff. So um, that's I, I, that was an amazing ad campaign. Um, do you remember the PlayStation Star Wars game ad where there's a guy sitting in his office um, late at night? You can tell he's the last one there. He's up on a high rise somewhere, and he and he sees his little uh, his little R two D two. Uh, action figure, and he starts thinking back on the past. I can play it for you here. I think I yeah, put a play link it. In I here. don't remember this one. Uh, before I hit play, though, I'll get distracted, so I'll just finish the thought. So he starts remembering all of the Star Wars imagination things he did with his best friend growing up. You see um, them as little toddlers on the ground drawing their Star Wars pictures, and then as they get older and older, they start making Star Wars ships. They start turning their bikes into Star Wars things, and then at the end of the ad. I think you'll remember this. At the end of the ad, suddenly he's sitting there in his office by himself, and then an X-wing fighter with his friend. All right, here I'll I'll I don't hit remember play this on at it. All. Here, I think it's very visual, so I'll, I'll just uh, so hopefully that description will do do most of the work. So he's imagining. He's, he's looking at his thinking back. R two D two. This is pretty long. This is him and his friend drawing. With all their Star playing, Wars toys around. Playing lightsabers. With flashlights. Dressing up like Yoda and Darth Vader for Halloween. And then more and more Halloweens. <laughs> they Halloween. get older and older and do different characters. Now they're like teens on their bikes that okay, are all like X-Wings. they're super obsessive fans. 
Now suddenly an X-Wing, a real X-Wing, a real X-Wing, appears outside of his office window and it's his friend flying it. I have no memory of this, Andrew. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. It's a great ad, isn't it? No, it's really good. I wish we covered it on our... St- I guess this would have predated our Star Wars show. He throws his uh, office chair to break the window. He <laughs> jumps into the X-Wing from his, I don't know, 50-floor office. And now they're they're flying through the city fighting. And it's for a video game. It's for a Star Wars PlayStation uh, yeah, video game. Yeah, it's very effective. Amazing, I'm, right? It's very good. Like, a, I mean, this Lance Accord guy is amazing. I, I tweeted out today. I was just like, forget Netflix for one night. Everybody just binge on this guy's stuff. He did... Um, he did this GE ad called The Boy Who Beeps. Have you ever seen this before? Yes. The, I do remember this. I don't remember. I, it rings a bell. I just don't remember what happens I in don't it. know if I can play the whole thing now. It literally had me in tears. Not running down my face, but like wet eye. Now, uh-huh. again, that may be the menopause. I don't know. But it's about this little boy. Or I'll, when you I'll touched pu- your hand after riding the subway. Or touch your eye after riding the subway. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, it gave This ad gave me pink eye. We see this. <laughs> uh, we see this little baby being born. Again, kind of a, a theme here, kind of going through a kid's life we see this baby being born and then as the kid grows up and starts talking we realize he doesn't make regular human sounds he makes these computer sounds and then as he gets older and older you know toddler becomes boy in grade school etc we see that when he makes this little noise he can control electronics he can change the TV channel he can um, I don't know do all kinds of other things make the equipment in the classroom work, and this kid can talk to computers. Do you like being light? That's his sister. So the kid just made all of the lights turn green and everything. And then I think the punchline is something like when humans are able to talk to computers and computers are able to understand the world is a better place. And it just goes in this whole montage of how this kid is able to get air traffic flowing on time, get cities to run better. Was like, this a Super Bowl ad? It's pretty epic. I mean, this thing is like two minutes long or something like well, that. Well, the version so, we're seeing. I so, mean, I'm sure yeah. they made a short version. But there is a chance that they ran something like this for two minutes in the Super Bowl. Of course, that would. Yeah, I feel like be I feel like this this ad got a lot of press when it came out because it was t- pegged to some major event. But anyway, I do remember it. Yeah, though this guy is a he's, he's amazing, a total genius. I know we have to move on. I, I can tell, but I have to play for you this one. Again, this is not a pre-roll. This is just another uh, another one by Lance Accord. By the way, also on his credits, he's done all kinds of, like, been the director of photography for all these Spike Jones movies, like oh. uh, Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, Where the Wild Things Are. Um, he did something on that. Lost in Translation, Marie Antoinette, Buffalo 66, and he um, he was the cinematographer for the Fat Boy Slim Weapon of Choice video. Remember that one with um, like Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken oh, dancing. I love that like one. this guy. Yeah, everything we love. He's so with. great. All right, so this is an amazing um, uh, Nike ad called Marathon, or I think maybe it's called Last One or something. And we see the very tail end of a marathon as it's as the final runners are kind of running through the streets and there's all kinds of what do you call it, the placards that they wear the little numbers are already littered all over the street it's just the stragglers and people are sweeping up the litter for the uh 
from the marathon and everything. But from our point of view, we kind of have the point of view of the last runner in the pack. And everybody, even the stragglers, are getting ahead of us. We're just the last one. Marathon. It will tell you that the first person who ran 26.2 miles died. He died. And he was a runner. You are not a runner. You are especially not a marathon runner. But at the end of this, you will be. (laughs) And just like a very normally built woman just struggling to be the very last person to complete that son of a bitch. Like that put, did that not get you a little bit? It does get me. That really got me. I would love, I was actually thinking... We always say this, we never follow up, but like I would love to interview him specifically about, because he's done some other Nike stuff as well, and that commercial and some of his other ones are so much about motivation. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, for somebody who is not necessarily an athlete necessarily, like what is his relationship to not just athletics, but motivation. Because I just know that I could never make that ad because I'm a lazy ass and I'm not motivated by that many things. But there is so much heart in so many so many of his ads that I just I would love to just kind of pick his brain about his background and what he brings to the table. Yeah, no, I think that'd be interesting. And I think it's an interesting challenge too to make an ad for Nike that speaks to someone like me who yes. like, you know, I ran halfway around Green Lake, which is you know spoiler alert a mile <laughs> uh and it was it killed me you yeah. know like i'm so out of shape right now uh and i think for nike which is probably most famous for its amazing you know high flying partnerships and and spokespeople who are the mm-hmm. most elite athletes in the world they're also trying to get that low end too right like they're trying to speak to the person like yeah. me who struggles to run a mile but still needs some running shoes yeah so anyway uh lance accord mine and so he to bring all back around he is the guy who directed all five of these uh these youtube music yeah ads. great so he's a, uh, he's a, a huge r- great artist I'm, I'm glad we got to know a little bit about his work huge fan um i, I want to talk about these geico pre-roll ads while we're talking about pre-rolls and then i think people can just because we are running a little bit long here that's totally my fault obviously there's a million pre-roll ads out there i think maybe just hit us up let us yeah. know what we're missing because we I know don't you're watch them. a lot I know you play scrabble or whatever exactly and we don't watch a lot of you uh like hulu and stuff like that um because we have a real tv no it's king um so just let us know what we're missing what are your favorite pre-roll ads and especially vives i mean i think you wanted to explore a little bit the idea that you can do something in a pre-roll ad that you that is a little bit more daring than what you can just put on network yes i maybe i'm wrong about this and i have seen um some people commenting on these on those youtube ads that i thought were so sort of brave and boundary breaking saying things like oh i saw this before a movie but even a movie is a fairly targeted audience right like if i'm going to see um you know star wars Star Wars. I sound like a grandma. If I'm going to see Star Trek, go see a Star. Go War. see a Star Wars. If I'm seeing Star Trek, you can assume some things about me, probably. You know, as a consumer, um, or if I'm going to see, you know, the Lobster, you can assume some things about me as a consumer. Um, but I, I, so I think these pre rolls are interesting in that they are able to be targeted to people pretty specifically, um, and the same by the same token, like. 
I play Scrabble probably with a bunch of grandmas, to be honest. Like, are they also seeing these these fairly daring pre-rolls? Or is that just me because of my other interneting habits? Right. Well, so I'd be really curious about how these are targeted. Here's a really interesting thing. I'm going to play a video here um, that is not just a pre-roll ad. It's more of a... I think this was maybe a behind-the-scenes video that was m- made to explain one of Burger King's pre-roll campaigns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this or not. But Burger King started targeting the pre-rolls that you would see before a video based very specifically on your search term. And so here, I think this will maybe just explain it. On nerves right now. I cannot even watch a simple YouTube video without these advertisements popping up. So there's a, um, first of all, we hear that music right away, and most people will recognize that. That's the keyboard cat song. And uh, on the screen, we see YouTube ads are a highly effective way of reaching young guys. There's just one problem. They hate them. So we didn't make one. We made 64 pre-roll ads. And so they're all based on what you type. In this particular example they're about to show us, um, somebody was searching for crazy animals attack. Now here's the pre-roll. YouTube ad. I hate these things. This guy's just trying to watch a graphic animal attack video, but no, <laughs> I had to sit through an ad. <sighs> and these two guys, I should mention, are sitting in a Burger King with a Burger King logo behind them. And then up on the screen pops the deal. It says, uh, summer meal deal, $5. Stupid, incredible deal. That's so clever. And then uh, this little video, I'll just let it continue. It says, each pre-roll based on whatever the guys were about to watch. watch. Screaming goat video. Full black highlights. Watch a music video. Jimmy Fallon clip. An Anchorman 2 trailer. North Korean babies play the guitar. But no, they have to sit through an ad. So they basically just found the top 64 uh, search terms. For videos. For videos with, like, within some demographic. Yeah, probably guys of, 25 to 35-year-old men. They're 18 to 35. 18 to 35-year-old men, whatever. Um, And then they said, let's just make 64 quick hit. You know, yes. these guys are just trying to watch blank right. video. Exactly. Like for me, it'd be like, oh, this guy just wants to watch a 1960s French pop star video. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they made. I bet, I bet they made one of those. <laughs> I don't know if they made one for that. Um, anyway, oh, so I thought, this guy just wants to watch a furry video. <laughs> I'm not a furry. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is that your trap? Get me to scream I'm not a furry. <laughs> <laughs> on every episode from here on out. Anyway, so that answers that question. Uh, back to Geico really quickly. Um, Geico has done two amazing, I think, internet-only pre-roll ad campaigns in in the past couple of years. And we actually mentioned one really briefly when Kat Solon was on the show a while back. Um, uh, can we call her guest emeritus, Kat Solon? Sure. I don't think we also, I don't think we get through a show without me screaming I'm not a furry and <laughs> quoting something by Cat Solon. But uh, the first set of ads came out, I think, in 2015. But these are the ones that they called unskippable because, uh, well, I'll just play one. Um, they're a little bit hard to describe. Let me let me play the one in the elevator. So uh, there's two businessmen in an elevator finishing up a conversation, and then they shake hands. And when you start to hear the voice over here, 
it kind of goes to a freeze frame, only it's not really a freeze frame, just the actors freeze and other things keep happening around them. Savings? Savings. You can't skip this Geico ad because it's already over. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So they freeze, but then a nope, woman comes on the elevator. Can you please? What's going on here? <laughs> they won't move. Okay. Okay, I'll just I'll push it myself. It's such a great conceit. It it forces you're you're dying. To, you want to know what happens? Yes, it's it's so great. And there's one where um, I think two bros are barbecuing, and then at the end they like they jump up, and then they freeze in the air, and you can see that they're hanging on strings. Yeah. And then everything just keeps on going around them. Like the the grill, I think catches fire. The meat falls off, and a dog eats it. The one with the family is the one that first caught my attention. Where the family uh, the family finishes, and like they're having dinner around a a, a dinner table. Um, they freeze frame in like a happy happy moment and the their St. Bernard is not beholden to the freeze right. framing and like jumps up on the table and eats all the food while the family like awkwardly is f- clearly watching this happen but <laughs> remains frozen. Right. Let's just take a listen for whatever it's worth. Don't thank me. Thank the savings. You can't skip this Geico ad because it's already over. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Here comes the dog. Starts just eating right off the plates of the humans. I'll end it there, but it just keeps going for yeah, an uncomfortable Yeah, they just let it run. And you just want to know if the, if they're going to break. Right. Now, that was last year's, or I guess that was, that was 2016 campaign of the year. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But the follow-up campaign is the one that I really like. I don't Even think I'm familiar with this. The, oh, sure. This is the one that we mentioned briefly um, with when Kat was on the show. Um, these are the ones where, instead of saying, you can't skip this commercial because it's already oh, right. over, they say, we're just going to skip to the end of this commercial. And then something really wacky happens in the interim. The first one is something called Hike, where you see two guys, they're hiking on a mountain, and then, well, here, I'll just hit, I'll just hit play and pause it. You know, Chip, I can access my Geico account 24-7. Like, anytime. We now fast forward to the end of this Geico ad so you can get to your video faster. And then, um, so I, they always cut it off at a very just like, awkward moment like that mid-word mid-sentence and now they fast forward to the end we have no idea what in the world just happened in the intervening uh tape that they cut out but now we see the two hikers in the claws of some sort of giant bird that is mostly off screen they are still talking to each other in the clutches of this bird and they say i guess not everybody likes smooth jazz And so we know that something happened with smooth jazz. We don't know what it is. There's another elevator version of this. There's a whole there's a whole series of these ads. What I didn't realize until today, and I still haven't watched, is Geico did create full versions of oh, these there, things. That's not just all cut out. There is actual footage for the interim. What they're hoping is that people like me will be so excited that we will search out the extended versions of it so i was saving this for the show do you want to watch that same commercial the extended version where yeah, we find I'm out what dying. happens in the meantime please i'd love meantime? to know what happens you know chip i can access my geico account 24 7 like any time of day yes indeedy online on the phone or with the award-winning geico mobile app Ooh, well, i like a good app <laughs> okay there's some sort of a landslide 
They're falling off the cliff. They land in a bird's nest, a giant, like a giant bird's, bird's nest. nest. Eggs! They're hatching! Wow! Okay, now there's like a hey, buddy. baby eagle or something coming out of the egg. They're really angry. What are we gonna do? He pulls out a saxophone. My trusty saxophone! It's working. The it's calming birds, down the, the chicks. Are it's working, Chip. I like how they narrate it as well as I we do. Better than. It's turning into a slow jazz video. Uh oh. Looks like Mama's home. And here we are. They're in the talons of the giant Pretty eagle. Pretty fun, huh? Yeah, no. I honestly think that when we look back on this era in advertising, without insurance companies, it would be a totally different landscape. Here's, uh, I'm not going to play the extended versions of all of these. I will probably watch them after the show today. <laughs> I want to play the elevator one. Um, this is uh, one where there are three people on an elevator, two women and a man, and the man has male pattern baldness. And here's the ad. I switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. We now fast forward to the end of this Geico ad so you can get to your video faster. And now the elevator doors open to reveal that both women now also have male pattern baldness. And they just give each other. Let's take the stairs. They just give each other a weird look and say, next time, let's take the stairs. I had no idea that they made uh, the middle parts of these ads. Do you want to see what happens in that one? Uh, No, we can. Let's move on. I think we we should move on. Anyway, I just think that those are brilliant. I honestly think that the the, we're going to skip. It'll give the the ad council an incentive to go to the Facebook page. I'll post post both of them. Do it. You won't find it anywhere else online. That's right. Um, Yeah, I honestly think that those those, we're going to skip to the end of the ad for you thing. I, I think those are the... Those may be some of my favorite commercials ever. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they really work. They get you to pay attention. All right, do you want to... Do they get you to buy a Geico? I don't know. I think we use Geico. I think so, but... I, I'll tell you what, the advertising got me to the only when before you and I were buying insurance together, I only bought Geico because of those whatever ads were running at the time. It was like the first, just name recognition. First name that popped in my head, I called Geico. I remember the first time I made well, that phone call. How do you reconcile reconcile your infidelity to flow? Flo don't need to know. You want to talk about your quiz? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do your quiz? Yes, I want to talk about my quiz. Yo. I go by the name of Dane Jones. I'm with my crew. And we gonna show y'all what we be snacking on. You dig? Okay. Hot Cheetos and Takis. Hot Cheetos and Takis. I can't get enough of these Hot Cheetos and Takis. Got my fingers staying red and I can't like Okay. I love that music. <laughs> so, um, I know that this is Cheeto related. You told me at the beginning of the show that it's a name that famous Cheeto or something. Yeah. Okay. So this actually uh, occurred to me because of an, uh, an article that I saw in Ad Week about some various products that are uh, 
creating either virtual or in some cases real museums around their products. I and mean, of course, it's all marketing, but like this idea that you could have like a museum of Cheetos. Have you ever had a Cheeto where you got it and it looked like something like some recognizable thing? I don't really eat Cheetos, oh, that's right. but I, I think. But I mean, but I think I eat them as a You know what a Cheeto kid. is. Yeah, You're yeah, familiar right. with the concept of Cheetos. <laughs> are you quoting Pulp Fiction at me now? <laughs> but you are aware that there are Cheetos, <laughs> right? Yes. So you know what a Cheeto is? It's like a, the typical kind of like my potato little, chip looks like Nixon. Kind yeah, of thing. it's my potato okay. chip looks like Nixon, and they're like you know they're little extruded things. Um, so this is from Ad Week, and I'm quoting here. Uh, Frito-Lay owned brand, the Frito-Lay owned brand has gathered over 100,000 submissions for its online Cheetos Museum via a contest asking Americans to help curate its upcoming Cheeto, real Cheetos Museum. The brand plans to sort through the submissions, award prize money to winners, and potentially use said submissions in an offline version of the Cheetos Museum that it will build later this year. And that's according to their VP of So marketing. they're actually going to make a phys- – they're going to build a physical building or, or you know, yeah. rent a physical space. And they're going to put actual Cheetos on display and all of these Cheetos are going like, to be this like – Like this Cheeto looks like, you know, the Statue of Liberty or whatever. Okay. So – there are dozens and dozens of these on the website, and some of them are <laughs> not recognizable. But okay. I combed through them, and these are and they, they have like six or seven that are like the Cheeto Hall of Fame. That it's unclear to me if they're real, if they're really Cheetos that were really came out of the Cheeto factory, or if it's just like you know trickery. Mm-hmm. But these are, I think, real Cheetos that real people found in a Cheeto bag and then sent a picture in. Um, so, quick question. Yeah, you know this is a podcast, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some hints, and you look at the picture and tell me which if if you can okay. identify. And I've got some categories here. Okay. So our first category is geography. Okay, and I'm gonna All show right. you a picture, and you tell me if you can identify what this Cheeto is meant to what the person who sent this Cheeto picture of this Cheeto in is meant to represent. Okay, everybody play along at home. Everyone play along at home. I will post them, but yes. It's, it's too late. It doesn't matter by the time you've heard this. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> this is like, what, say- what was it like? When I was planning a TVTL uh, event or something, somebody <laughs> suggested uh, doing win, lose, or draw. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And my boss, Steve Nelson, was like, um, you know this is going to be on the radio, right? Well, I'm... Look, don't belabor it. You know, <laughs> don't draw it out. If you can, if you can guess, guess, and if you can't, I don't know. Tell me. And you people at home, you play win, lose, or draw. All we'll right. be back in a second. So, real quick. All right, this is geography. What does this Cheeto look Florida. like? Florida. All right. See how hard was that? <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, so that one looked like Florida. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, same category. Okay. Geography. Okay. What does this Cheeto look like? The United States of America. Yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah, pretty that's close. a Cheeto. That was a Cheeto. Man, that does I, not look. I, I like, like the way that these are framed. I by had, the yeah, way, yeah, that's Cheetos. They did that. I had to erase the American flag below it because I would have been <laughs> a giveaway. All right, moving on. Category: Ancient statues. Oh. Okay, ready? Venus de Milo. No, that's not an ancient statue. Although there's like, as I found isn't out... Isn't there a statue? Isn't there a famous statue? There is a statue called... I wouldn't call it ancient, but... Okay. Um, I, as you go through the, the many, many pictures of Cheetos that people have sent in, there's basically three categories, like Venus de Milo, mummy, or... Statue of Liberty, right? Because they all kind well, of. That, look I'm getting like really that. nervous about this one, not about my Cheeto knowledge, no, but about my. Easy. I think this one's easy. Okay. Okay. Ancient statue. Ready? Okay. 
An ancient statue. Oh my God! That's the um, that's the Easter Island head. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Dead yeah. nuts. Yeah. Okay, this one's kind of hard. This isn't my favorite, but this is also in the category of ancient statues. So just think ancient statues. Like okay. <laughs> uh, it looks like a dog. Kind of like a dog, but Egypt. Oh, I mean, does it have a specific name? Well, yeah. It's like one of those lions with its arms. Well, there's a, there's a famous one that's huge. Oh, I don't think I know the name of it. The Sphinx. The Sphinx. Okay, right. Okay. okay. Moving on. I didn't know that. Okay, this category. Oh, we should have sound effects. <laughs> Here, I found my buzzer. Okay. All right, well, you're doing so well so far. I know. Okay, this, this one I didn't exactly know what to make this category be called, so I called it Scary Movies. Okay. All right, Scary Movies. Oh, I know that one. I'm going to give myself... That's the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best mummy. There's like a million mummies. That <laughs> yeah, was the one that Cheetos seemed... look like mummies. Because all Cheetos look like mummies. <laughs> all you do is a little dot on the top of one. This one, the picture didn't come out as good as it was on the online, but um, this is also a category scary okay. movie. You ready? Okay. Um, uh, so it's a very small one. In this picture, we actually see... The hand that is holding this one and is pinched between a finger and a thumb, a woman's finger and a thumb, and it's very small. It seems to be maybe an in a half an inch or an inch. Yeah. And you're saying a scary movie or Halloween maybe. Um. It didn't come out as good in the picture in the print as it does online. Uh, does it have something to do with the? Because I can't tell the texture. I don't know. It looks like an atomic bomb cloud, sort of a mushroom cloud, or no? It's supposed to be a skull. Oh, so a scary movie with a skull. Um, do you consider uh, Indiana Jones movies to be scary? Well, I thought skulls could be scary. It, no, I'm just asking. Is I, that Crystal Skull? <laughs> no, it's just a skull. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. The last category, we've got three in the last category, is people. And I realize that's extremely generic. Okay, okay. But Nixon. Let, but let me be clear. These are not... I, these are not um, like identifiable individuals, although there were a bunch of George Washingtons. Okay. But I did not print any of those out. Okay. Um, these are like sort of descriptions of people. So if you get close enough... They're descriptions of people. Like, They're not their actual faces. Right. Or like a sort of a type of person like um, a clown. Oh, or, okay. Uh, you know... Because I thought for sure you were building a, up to a, a Donald a Trump A baby joke. or something. Okay. No, There's no, no. orange face There's, Donald Trump. That would have been funny if yeah, I had okay. a good Cheeto Jesus okay. joke, but no, I didn't have one. Okay. All right. So this is one. This is category people. Okay. That is... That looks like um, like a cartoon duck. I'm going to say maybe Daffy Duck. No, it's more like a lady with a bow on the back of her dress. Oh, like oh, it does look like like Scarlett O'Hare. Or yeah, something sort of like, like a that? Victorian lady. Okay, so we're going with Victorian lady. Okay, I don't okay know. bad one. All right, this one. This is a cat. This is a one. This can is... we cut out everything up until this segment? <laughs> I feel like we're finally dialing it in. All right, this is a category, or this is a type of person that of which mm, there are many, many Cheetos that resemble this. And this is the one that, as far as I could tell, that best looked this like the type of the person. type of person uh, doing a particular thing. All right, yeah, that is well. It's dark. Is it? Is it? Is it a soldier saluting? Yes. Ding ding. Wow. Okay, I've saved the best for last. Oh. Um. Sometimes like Vanessa the Williams. Everything you're looking for. I am saving for. the best for last. This is people. I'm going to give you a hint. 
and say also anthropology. Okay, are you ready? Wait, hold on one second. Hey, everybody at home, what's going on? How's your uh, Pictionary going? All right, you let us know. Are you beating your cousin? Okay, good. Send us your scores. We're going to go ahead with our game now. All right. You ready? Okay. People, subcategory anthropology. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like uh, like uh, sea creatures coming out of the sea. There's three. I should say there are three Cheetos in this one. The first one is like some sort of primordial Cheeto crawling out of the sea. The next one is probably an early uh, invertebrate. And then is that how you say that word? Sure. And then the the final one is uh, somebody standing. Well, as what's a human. what's a picture? What's a depiction that's like more commonly known as like the these stages? Oh, I thought I was nailing that. That's not it. You're looking. Well, you're for... right on. You're you're really close to the right track. Oh, is it called something? The stages of man well, or something like that? Well, it's or the, the evolution of the man. evolution of man. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I think you're pretty close. <laughs> that to was that pretty one. close. All right, then can I give myself a? <laughs> All right, Thank good you. job. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. So send your Cheetos pictures into uh, the Cheetos Museum. Will you like somehow post some of those yeah, photos I'll, I'll or something? And I'll okay. post the link to the Cheetos Museum. Okay. I think the best part of that, though, was probably the music, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's check in with the Ed Council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, what's in the old mailbag? Well, our first uh, piece of feedback was from listener Leslie. Um, we spoke briefly last week about um, the possibility of doing a show about guilt as a marketing strategy. And she, oh, yeah. and although I think that's a great idea and we probably God should give that, that some thought, uh, I wanted to play this message from Leslie because she, uh, she had a good suggestion about one that would uh, fit in that category. Oh, okay. So this is a voicemail. Can you give out the voicemail number? Do you have it's, it? Uh, sure. It's uh, 607-444-5597. Okay. Uh, we'd love to get your voicemails. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so let's check this out from Leslie. Hi, guys. It's uh, Leslie from Port Townsend. I just finished listening to the episode, and you mentioned you might do an episode about ads that are meant to instill guilt, which I would highly recommend that you do. Um, and the one that I would nominate for consideration by the Academy is uh, the recent Gardasil commercial that has um, both a young woman and a young man talking about getting cancer and it coming from the HPV. And uh, it's a, did I say Gardasil already? If I didn't, it's a Gardasil commercial. And, um, and then just like looking at the camera and saying like, I'm sure if my, something to the effect of, I'm sure if my parents knew they would have gotten me this vaccine. Right, mom? Dad? There's this like long pause between both of them. I don't have children, nor do I ever plan to have children. I still somehow, because of this commercial, feel complicit in the illness <laughs> that these fictional children have. Um, so that is a very good one for anything you might do related to uh, guilting and shaming from commercials. Um, thanks. Love the show. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Now, I have not seen that commercial. I looked around for it, but I, I couldn't find it anywhere. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. And it's there are there are a ton of Gardasil ads out there, so it probably is just kind of buried in the pile. But I think that's a great example uh, of using guilt to uh, to motivate someone to do something. I mean, if it worked on someone without even who doesn't even have kids, right? I like think it's pretty powerful guilting. Right. What else we got? 
Um, this is from listener Courtney. Uh, I think it's uh, in response to the Uses Misdirected show that we did last week. Um, she she sent us a link to this uh, Toyota Tundra uh, ad that I that came out. I remember this one. It came out a few years ago in 2013, I think. Um, and uh, as Courtney writes, it's Toyota Tundra for your space shuttle hauling needs. Oh yeah, I remember this one. Yeah, they aired during the Super Bowl, and um, it it shows the Toyota Tundra hauling <laughs> famously, or, or at least in LA, it's famous uh, when one of the space shuttles was decommissioned and sent to Los Angeles to be part of a museum. It had to be hauled literally through the streets of mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I'm still bitter that we weren't living there when that happened because yeah. it was an amazing show, apparently. And this video shows this pickup truck, like this tiny pickup truck, hauling a space shuttle through a city street. The now, Endeavor, I believe. I, the Endeavor. And I think they did some there, – there is some like fine print that they like specially you know, retro- outfitted the, the truck so they could haul this. But it's still an amazing depiction of the strength of this truck. I didn't realize that there was voiceover here. Do you want to, want me to start yeah, from the beginning you, and actually let's it? listen to it? I yeah, it's such a, it's such great let's footage. Our dreams. Let's wake them up. Make them real. Let's not let anything hold us back. I mean, for Toyota to get this job, yeah, two hundred and ninety-two thousand pounds. And that it is just, however they retrofitted it, it is just one Toyota pickup truck hauling yeah. it. And of course, they're making the most of it. I mean, it says ton. I mean, they, you know, the eyes of the world in some ways yeah. are on this shot. And so they wrote Tundra huge along the side of the truck. The whole thing is just a Tundra no, commercial. It's, it's brilliant marketing. That is pretty brilliant. And yeah. it's, I mean, talk about uses misdirected. Like, you should not try to haul a space yeah. shuttle with your truck. But to show that it can go above and beyond right. uh, its, its uh, you know, capacity is, is such a great example. So thank you. Um, another one on, on uses misdirected. This is from listener Corinne. Um, she says, your discussion of non-standard product usage immediately made me think of this. My usually thrifty husband gladly shelled out extra money at the Home Depot to get a toilet that can flush <laughs> right. 18 golf balls. I remember the, this Facebook post. Yeah. This, this video isn't a traditional TV commercial, but the store had it running on a TV monitor near the toilet display. And believe you me, it had the desired effect. Husband brought toilet home, and they are very happy together. Honestly, I don't want to know what kinds of things get flushed when I'm not here. <laughs> and oh my god, she is not kidding. So if we wa- is there any worth, audio? It's not worth playing. I watched because there's no audio, like okay. not even music. But I watched this before the show, and they flush. They show all these horrifying things that they flush down this toilet. They flush 18 golf balls. They flush um, like a bunch of rubber tubing. Um, they flush something. They flush uh, like. 15 packets of miso, which I guess is like what goes into miso soup, but is clearly meant to look like logs uh, of poop. Oh, God. Oh, there go the, there go the, there go the uh, golf balls. Tubes. Oh, those, those are rubber tubes. I thought those are batteries for a second. Um, Here's water wigglers, which are those things that are sort of like, uh, yeah. they're like floaters, um, if you will. The little things. <laughs> Here's, now they show 40 feet of toilet paper. That goes down, no problem. And and then I think this is the really gross one. Oh, yeah. Oh, a, so a gross. A thousand or... grams of miso, which genuinely they're are made just, to look like poop. It's just a big thing. Of ter- oh, Corinne, your husband is destroying the toilet when you're gone, my friend. Oh, Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe he's not. Maybe that's or the not, whole point. Yeah, or not destroying the toilet. 
All right, one more, and then let's wrap this All up because right. I know we're going super long. Um, this is from listener Linda, and uh, Linda, I want to thank you so much because I was dying to know what the out. Like I said on the last show, if someone has a testimonial, good or bad, about Ginsu knives, I want to hear about it. And Linda, Linda writes, when I was thirteen, my parents uh, bought that exact set of Ginsu two knives, only nineteen ninety nine. I have no idea how well they worked back then, but I kid you not, those knives were still in the drawer 20 or so years later when I'd go to visit. Even though they were so dull, it was like trying to cut steak with a plastic spoon. (laughs) I finally sent my parents a new set of fancy steak knives, but I'm pretty sure some of the other pieces in the Ginsu set, again, only (laughs) $19.99, are still hiding in the back of the drawer. I wish they kept the receipt so we could take advantage of that 50-year guarantee. (laughs) So, all right, I I think that's... uh, that that's the uh, that puts paid to my fantasy that Ginsu was a great product. And of course, I was saying that I thought it was only nineteen ninety nine, like, but there was some fine print like nineteen ninety nine for the first month. But you're part of a knife club or something. But I don't know if I'm if I'm going to take Linda. No, ni- at knife club word. membership is optional, I guess. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. Anything. All right, now's the part of the show where we stop recording, then I go back and try to slow down my voice for the first <laughs> two-thirds of the show. That caffeine is finally wearing off at a time when uh, it's a little too late. Um, Genevieve, you will post all of these commercials and I guess some pictures of Cheetos? And a bunch of pictures of Cheetos. To our Facebook page. It's After These Messages Show on Facebook. Our email address is after these messages show at gmail.com. And our voicemail number, once again, 607-444-5597. 607-444-5597. Anything else, Veeves? Not for me. All right, let's get out of here. Talk to you guys next Tuesday. Scoop this cool man ice cream scooping in. You can sell anything.